Welcome to our final week as we explore the life of David. Through our study, we've seen that David, like all of us, faced incredibly difficult situations throughout his life. In week two, we examined how his love for the scriptures and his authentic prayer life sustained him through those difficulties. Then last week, we saw how David built a personal and intimate connection between him and God through reflecting on how God helped him overcome those giants. When God had helped David through a challenge, David didn't just keep the story to himself, he shared it with everybody around him. One of those testimonies is recorded in 2 Samuel 20. David wrote, The Lord reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. If you read the story of David's life, that narrative is repeated over and over. In the day of my disaster, the Lord was my support. He brought me out and rescued me because he delighted in me. David had faced giants on the battlefield, had a king try to kill him, and even his own son tried to kill him. He was able to cling to his relationship with God because he meditated on the wonderful works that God had done in his life. He remembered the times that God had come through for him in the past and then shared those stories with other people. The stories of what God did for David became so well known that we still celebrate them thousands of years later. Now, why did David share the stories of what God had done in his life? He shares why in Psalm 145. One generation commends your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. David shared the stories of God's great and awesome works so that all people would know him. Sharing the stories of what God has done helps strengthen our relationship with him. It encourages people who know Jesus that he will come through for them as well. And sharing the story of what God has done in our lives helps people who don't know Jesus to come to know him. Actually, Jesus' last instructions to his followers before he ascended to heaven were, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Witnesses are simply people who share what they saw, heard and experienced. So for us to be Jesus' witnesses, we need to share the stories of what God has done in our lives. Small groups are an especially powerful place to share the story of what God has done in our lives. First, they're a safe place because it's a group of people who are committed to each other. So if you've never shared the story of what Jesus has done in your life, you don't need to start with your atheist uncle. Share the story with your group. Second, sharing stories of what God has done with, with your small group helps your group to grow in awe of what God can do. And it helps them grow in their faith is what he can do in their lives as well. So those stories help our faith become more than a mental ascent to a list of beliefs. Testimonies make our faith living and active. Finally, sharing those stories can help group members who don't know Jesus or are struggling in their faith to come to know him or to get to know him more deeply. This week, we're going to take some time to share the story of what God has done in our lives within our group time. 
we're going to keep it relatively short, around five minutes per person. So you won't have time to go into every single detail, but that's actually good. It's good practice because when you do have a chance to share with someone, you won't have time like 20 minutes or so to share your entire life story. Here's an outline of what I suggest that you use. Start with what your life was like before you knew Christ and be real about this. Share the good and the bad. Sometimes Christians make it sound like there was nothing but bad in their life before they knew Jesus. That just isn't genuine in most cases. Most people were actually trying to be pretty good before they knew Jesus. So please be real and share both the good and the bad. Then you share how you accepted Christ. Maybe someone invited you to church or a friend shared the story of Jesus with you. Share how you invited Jesus in your life and why you made that decision. Finally, share the story of the difference that Jesus has made in your life. Address the issues you mentioned that you had before you knew Jesus and how God has transformed you in those areas. And be honest about this. Don't try to make it sound like life hasn't had any issues since you came to know Jesus, because that certainly isn't true. Your focus should be on this portion of your testimony, on the good that God has been bringing into your life since you met Jesus. In your small group, I challenge you to always have an open chair in your group. Others need to hear the story of what God has done in the lives of the people in your group. Just as there's always been room for one more person in God's family, there should always be room for one more person in your group. Even as I mentioned having an open chair, a person may have popped into your head. Please write the name down and pray about inviting them into your group. When someone joins your group, don't just jump into the study on the book of Malachi or whatever you're studying. Take a pause from your study and use the first week to share the stories of what God has done in each of your lives, especially if the new person doesn't know Jesus yet. Oftentimes, a simple sharing the story of what God's done in the lives of everybody in your group uh, will help them to come to know Jesus. Have them share their spiritual story as well. They might not know Jesus, but give them opportunity to share what their spiritual life is like. If we are to become all that God desires us to become, we must share the story of what God has done in our lives. Enjoy your time of sharing in your group and be thinking of people that you can invite to your group. I encourage you to have a party after you finish this study instead of jumping right into another study. That would be the perfect event to invite someone who might be interested in joining your group. At the party, you can invite them to join the group for this next study. Then either have a party at the next meeting, spending time sharing what God has done in each of your lives. Thank you for joining us for this series. Have a great group time and remember, we are better together. In about 2007, a friend of mine asked if I wanted to join her small group. And I politely declined because it, it just really wasn't something that I was interested in. And lucky for me, she kept asking because I eventually reluctantly did join the group and I just had no idea how it was going to impact my life. Through that group, I started attending church. My husband saw a change in me and he was interested in coming too. So he and I and my two boys came to church and our life has just changed in dramatic ways since then. My small group was really a place that was full of women who were godly women that had great stories about their own experiences 
And coming from the place where I was at, where I really didn't believe in God at all, their stories really reflected the life that I wanted to lead. And it, I longed to be that person, and it took me quite a while. I, I was in a small group for a, over a year probably before I finally decided that I believed in God. If my friend hadn't started a small group and asked me time and time again to join, I wouldn't know Jesus the way I do today. And my family wouldn't, my boys wouldn't have been raised with the knowledge that they have. Now, I hope you've enjoyed this study together. Now, as we conclude this series, we're going to take some time to think about the time this group has had together. Over the past five sessions, we've explored the tremendous importance and the valuable benefits of being in a healthy small group community. We've seen how important trusted friends were to David. And we've heard stories of people just like you and me whose lives have been changed by being in a small group. Like anything valuable, these relationships don't just happen. They require time and effort and commitment. David's friendships were formed through a commitment of time and energy. And the same is true of the people whose stories you've heard during this study and probably the stories that you've heard in your own small group. Now, before you leave today, you need to have a conversation about your small group. Talk about your hopes and your group. Do you want to experience the same level of relationship, spiritual growth, serving opportunities, worshiping together, and sharing your story that David had with his friends and that you've seen in the stories that we've shared? If so, there's two things I want your group to be able to do. First, I want you to take out your phone. I don't care if it's an Apple, an Android, a Poisoid, or whatever it is. And I want you to take out your tablet, and I want you to go to the website that is on the screen. There you can read through the small group commitment, a commitment that I want you guys to make just like David made with his friends. We grow by making commitments. We don't grow in anything just by hoping or wondering. We've got to commit to grow. The same thing is true about your small group. So I want you to read through the small group commitment, and then I want you to pray and commit about it. The commitment says this, we've committed to working to have a healthy small group, to resolve conflict like God wants us to in Matthew 18 verses 15 through 17, to be confidential, that means don't share it outside your group with you know, what is being shared, and just don't gossip about others. Let us know who in your group will be your group contact person. Now, it's nothing scary, nothing you need to worry about, but we just love to connect with our small groups. And our pastor loves to have lunch with you guys or, or gather with you guys so that we can hear from you the, the stories and, and appreciate you for all that you've done. You see, we have a team that is dedicated to helping you have a great small group, a healthy small group, because God designed it that way. If you and your group want to know more about what's going on at your church, make sure you select that group point person. 
Now make sure you have everybody type in their name and email so we can know who is committing to being in your small group. I want to know who is in your group so I can be praying for you. Now second, I encourage you to do the next study in the Healthy Small Group series. After you've filled out the small group commitment, you can pick it up. It's called God's Design for Great Relationships. It'll help you strengthen and deepen your relationships in every aspect of life, whether you're married, whether you're single. It'll help you in parenting. It'll help you in your workplace. And most importantly, it's going to help you in your small group. As a pastor, I want you to know how strategic, how important your guys' role together of being in a group is. Because God designed the church to do temple courts and house to house. Through temple courts, we get the vision and where the church is going. Through house to house, we get the application, the, where the rubber hits the road type of stuff. God didn't bring your group together by accident. He brought you guys together so that you could grow together, so that you could fellowship together, so that you could serve the church together, that you could reach out and touch other people together and to worship him together. Life has too many ups and downs for you to go through it in isolation. Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray for each person that's in this group. Lord, they're at the end of this series, and they're at a point of making a commitment. And I pray, Lord, that you would help this group to stick together, to realize that they were brought together, not by themselves, but before time, you brought them together. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would work through each person that is in this group, that through committing together, that they would grow through all of life's experiences, both the happy ones and sometimes the sad ones. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that as they pick up this next study, after they've committed together and they take it on to the next level, Lord, that you would bless them. You'd help them to have richer relationships that would move beyond the, the superficial, but that would help them discover every aspect of each other's lives. Pray, Jesus, that they wouldn't be scared by that or intimidated by that, but see that through David's life, he was able to fulfill your design by submitting and being together in community with other people. Thank you, Lord, for each person in this group. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. God bless you guys. Pray you pick that stuff up and commit together.